Law enforcement has not seen him in the last uh, two days. Tonight, the manhunt for the suspected masked gunman, Robert Card, intensifies. Law enforcement teams focusing on an area in southern Maine, the same area Card's white station wagon was found at a river boat launch after the shooting. We will be putting uh, divers uh, in the water along that Androscoggin River, which you see here. While teams search the water, they're still out there uh, right now, and they'll be there as long as they can. Officials say the ground search isn't over. They're going to be out in the woods and they're going to be out crawling around. Investigators swarmed the area by car and helicopter today, checking all possible leads and reminding residents that cars should be considered armed and dangerous, even with the shelter-in-place orders now being rescinded. Authorities found an AR-15-style rifle inside Card's vehicle, as well as a cell phone and a note inside a home. Authorities say the suspect didn't expect to be alive when the note was found. Card is accused of killing at least 18 people, ranging in age from 14 to 76 years old, and injuring 13 others inside a Lewiston bar and a bowling alley Wednesday night. One of the victims, 53-year-old Trisha Asselin, worked at Just-In-Time Recreation part-time. She was off work Wednesday night bowling with her sister when the shooting started. We heard a, a loud noise, and I wasn't sure what it was till I heard another shot, and I knew, and I seen that I couldn't see her, and everybody was running. And I got caught in people trampling and running out. Joey Walker managed Shemengi's Bar and Grill, one of 18 killed. Joe Walker is not a number. Ted Stevens says he knew Walker and saw him at Shemengi's often. They are not numbers. They were people, living, breathing, caring, loving people. And they're not anymore. And there is no rational explanation as to why not. Walker's father said his son tried to stop the gunman with the butcher's knife before he was killed. Even still, he says he doesn't harbor hate or anger against the gunman. You have to put that, that part of it, you have to put it out of your mind. Uh, you have to let the Lord do whatever needs to be done. And that's the type of pain a lot of people here are dealing with in this community. Now, on the investigative side, we knew that the suspect, Robert Card, had been referred for a medical evaluation. He was an Army reservist, but referred after he told Army personnel he was hearing voices. Well, sources now tell CNN that they believe he purchased the high-powered rifle used in these attacks 10 days uh, 10 days after, uh, or we believe those interactions, I should say, happened 10 days after um, he purchased this rifle in what authorities say was a legal manner. That, of course, highlights one side of the investigation as the more pressing one continues where this suspect actually is as we head officially past the 48-hour mark with no sign of where he may be. All right, Omar, thank you very much on the ground there. And let's go to Tim Clemente, former FBI SWAT team and former FBI special agent. So, Tim, right now, police are searching the lake near the boat dock where the suspect's car was found. And we can see an, RO, an ROV basically searching underwater. We now know that Robert Card left a note behind that suggested he did not expect to be alive when it was found. But you think there's still a strong chance that he's still alive and on the run? Tell us why.
Well, Aaron, there's only two possibilities here. One is that that note was a suicide note and it was his last uh, will and testament basically to his family or friends. And then he killed himself. The other possibility is that was a, a misdirect for law enforcement to leave his gun, leave his car, leave his phone behind, leave a note behind and then go on the run. He's not that far from the Canadian border. Obviously, American authorities are going to be searching for him diligently, but the Canadians may be looking for him only at the border and not beyond that point. So I think he has an opportunity to flee into the wilderness, the great white north and and stay for some time. Eric Rudolph was able to to evade authorities in the, the woods and mountains of North Carolina for a few years. So uh, a person like this could easily do it in another country uh, for an extended period of time. Oh. So hunting season begins tomorrow in parts of Maine, uh, and they decide to prohibit hunting in the four main areas where they are searching, but obviously it's going to continue in other parts. So I, I know you think that this may be a significant thing. Tell me what you think it means for the search. Well, it becomes a force multiplier. If those uh, hundreds or thousands of hunters are going through the woods of Maine and this guy's hiding out there anywhere, uh, there's a greater likelihood that he'll be seen because otherwise those woods are probably not very occupied right now except for those hunters. And so you have a bunch of armed men and women uh, wearing bright orange and moving through the woods. And if there's somebody hiding out that's that's holed up somewhere, um, I would assume that most of these hunters are aware of this manhunt and the fact that he's out there. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of calls if anybody sees anything or hears anything unusual, sees footprints or sees signs of a, uh, a an encampment that's hidden, something like that. I'm sure authorities will get a lot of great tips from this. So, Tim, police rescinded the shelter-in-place order. I mean, what's the significance of that? And what would you be looking for uh, if you were them to determine whether whether it really was a head fake, the note, right? Whether he did try to flee. Well, the first thing is if there's no remains, uh, you know, if he killed himself, there's no reason for him to travel beyond where he left the note or where he left his car, where he left his phone, if he indeed intended to kill himself. Mm. And so the fact that he's not there would lead me to believe that he's moved on. And uh, the rescinding of this, the uh, shelter-in-place order, you, you can't hold people for too long. If we remember back when we were covering the, uh, the bombing at the marathon in Boston, um, you know, that shelter-in-place order lasted a day or so at the most. Yeah. And it's hard for people to put their lives on hold regardless of how dangerous the situation. And they can't yeah. put the immediate exigency of this because he's not immediately there that they can find.